How many mics do we? Government, the other day. Right it away, right it away. Funky on the mic like an old batch of cops. My mind can't remember how many asteroids are still at heart. And no one's from the old school. Cause rap is still a brand new tool. I say new. Yeah, well, this is the same old new school uh, podcast on Vocalo. You already know what it is. Idris Goodwin. Kevin Coble. And we have cleaned up our act. Last week, we got off to a rocky start. It was all oh. sorts of technical difficulties. My bad. That's uh, on me. That's on no, me. No, it's on me, too. It's on both of us. Super, super producer Justin Mayer was not pleased with us. Uh, was not pleased. <laughs> he was like, what I won't do is sift through y'all's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, he was like, later for y'all, man. Y'all, yeah. y'all, y'all, y'all sitting up here eating chip bat, like eating, eating pretzels. And, you know, I know. what I mean? Like, you, 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 like, yo, my man, like, you can't, just because you look in the mirror with a brush and think it's a microphone... That's not a. <laughs> it's not a mic. That don't mean it's a mic. Yeah, relax. <laughs> yeah, chill. Um, so you good though, Kevin Cole? Yeah, man. I'm. I'm. It, it's. We got a lot. A lot to discuss this I know. week, fam. I know. We got a lot to discuss this week. I know. I'm very. I'm very. Uh, I'm very like. I don't want to start because I know the first topic is going to be very. Kind of. Kind of heavy, but I'm very excited to talk about the music stuff afterwards. Yes, sir. Also, for the record. We are not going to talk about Kanye West today. So I'll just, <laughs> let's just because what oh. what can be said what can be said that he are, hasn't already said himself. Damn. Um, yeah. No. He and here's the upside, real quick. Here's the upside. I finally watched that Harriet movie. Oh so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. And uh, and uh, we owe that sister that that poor sister who played Harriet Tubman that everybody gave a hard time to. We owe her a big apology because she, she was the thing? best thing. Dude, oh. she's the best thing about the movie. Okay. Like, no, she was awesome. She was awesome. Anyway. I'm getting this all over the place. So, Kevin Koval, as our as our resident uh, Jewish correspondent, uh, thoughts on this? Thoughts on this? Where to begin with this Nick Cannon business? You know, what would be a great a great place to start. I feel like two important places to start. If we read so, uh, read some of the uh, Torah, do you want me to say what I have to do now? <laughs> Yo, let's go. Let's take it all the way Yo, back. All the son. way back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> let's Yo. take it all the way back Yo, to Mount Nebu. Yo, David be having Psalms, God. <laughs> uh, let's let's just play uh, uh, "Why Is That" by Karis One. Genesis 14, verse 13. Abraham steps on the scene. Being a descendant of Shem, which is a fact, means Abraham too was black. Yeah, well, actually, I mean, that's that's kind of where, in some ways, we should start, right? Because part of what got Nick Cannon in trouble was that he basically said Jews are black. <laughs> you know, he's. I mean, you know, that's part of it, right? And and yeah. and, and I I think that honestly, I think that you know, white Jews in this country, you know, and, and I you know, I wrote a whole book about how Jews became white. Um, once we got to America in that process. What's that book called, son? What's that book called? It's called Shtick, Shtick, these are the poems, and uh, which I think, I'm pretty sure you gave me the, the uh, subtitle for, by the way. Listen, um, listen, hey, I'm not trying to, yeah, I'm not involved, man. I'm no, not no. trying try to keep, I'm trying to keep my little, <laughs> right, okay, right, right, I got miles to feed, and G-Skill would love all people. You don't, you don't want to have, like, you don't want to have to write an apology letter to Vocalo Radio, be like, um, listen, oh, I, man. yeah, Vocalo, I, um, 
I do believe that uh, all God's... Now, anyway, so Moses is black is what KRS said. Abraham yeah. is black. And I remember when, as a kid, when I heard that and I took that to my rabbi, he was like, you need to get the fuck out the synagogue, you know? <laughs> and so I think that, like, there is historically an issue with with whiteness in American Judaism specifically. And I think that we've seen that whiteness, you know, um, as Jews ascended the socioeconomic ladder um, in this country, and this is really the story in some ways of, of every uh, immigrant that comes to this country is that, you know, they usually end up stepping on black folks and, and by and large align themselves with whiteness rather than um, which with the alternative, which is a, you know, not, not blackness per se, but like a, you know, radical humanitarianness that advocates for solidarity between all peoples and working peoples. And, and I think that, that Jews got it twisted in this country. And so, and now that's some of what, some of what happened, you know, like Nick Cannon said that, I'm not quoting here, but basically he said like, we meaning him and Griff and black people are the original Hebrews. And mm -hmm. who can argue with that? You know, and why would you argue with that? You know? Um, yeah, that's the question is the why. Because I'm yeah. like, so Nick Cannon to me is like, you know, he's he's Mr. American Entertainment. You, you remember that, that Billy Crystal movie, Mr. Saturday Night? You know, like Nick Cannon's in that tradition. He's like a modern hip hop generation sort of throwback to the early kind of vaudeville era of just the like entertainer, you know, and that's what he set out to be comedian, you know, sticky, does it all, does rapper, it all. just entertaining. He's just an entertaining dude. He's trying to be all things to all people. And I think the cautionary tale here is that, you know, on his podcast where he interviews rappers, that's him trying to be like, keep it, you know, <laughs> the word on the streets, you know, and he was trying, and I think it's like, no, you can't be all things to all people, actually, uh, or, or maybe you can, but so that was what was really shocking to me about it is because I think of guys like him, like Wayne Brady, like these guys that are in these, these black dudes that are just found these lanes of just like accessibility. And, and here's the thing I, I thought was surprising. This is my question for you is like, what, like, do you think the triggering thing was was it just that he had Griff? And I think for those who don't know, like Professor Griff, member of Public Enemy, long time ago, you know, got, got in hot water with the uh, Anti-Defamation League. Is that right? Anti-Defamation League? Yeah. Uh, for some comments he made about Farrakhan. And, you know, and that created some tension between Public Enemy and Griff. But, you know, flash forward like 30 years later. Was it just the mere presence of Griff with their with this golden boy, or was it that, or was it Nick's language specifically? So I think it's both. I think one, if if Nick Cannon is just in an interview and says black people are the original Hebrews, I think white Jews in this country are going to have an issue because white Jews in this country have assimilated fully into the myth of white supremacy um, or the reality of white supremacy, I think. the you know, and, and I think that we believe ourselves to be white. And so I think it's similar to the experience I had when I told my rabbi. I also think, though, the presence of Griff raises a lot of hairs on the mm. backs of, of necks because, yeah, to your point, I mean, I think it was around, it must have been It Takes a Nation of Millions, or maybe it was maybe it was Fear, so it was like 8990. Um, he said some stuff about Farrakhan, who is a complicated figure for Jews, although I think Farrakhan is also a compelling figure, and I think Farrakhan has also spoke Part of the reason why Jews have issues with Farrakhan is in part because he is anti-colonial and he believes mm -hmm. in the Palestinian people's rights to a country, and you know, which is mm -hmm. all but fair. And 
so I think Griff's presence, you know, Griff said something like the majority in the 80s, 90s, he said the majority of wickedness across the planet is caused by Jews. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and then Chuck D later went on to say, you know, and I think I think I talk about this in the shtick book, but I, I, there's a quote that Chuck D says. He says, the problem isn't about what Griff said. He said, the problem mm -hmm. is the system of white world supremacy. It's not white people, but the system that benefits them more than us. And the counterattack for black people is intelligence, self-sufficiency, and self-development. You have to build a respect mechanism for yourself as a self-defense mechanism, which he says a version of in Fight the Power. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that part of what is going on is what, um, you know, there's a brilliant Baldwin essay um, that I think we, we talked about before, but basically the paraphrasing the title is like, you know, uh, blacks are anti-Semitic because they're anti-white. And yeah. I, I think that, you know, for, you know, many, many, you know, black folks in America, there isn't necessarily a distinction between Jews as a particular cultural religious group. Um, and some might argue, I, I don't make this argument, but some might argue a particular racial group um, and, and a difference between white people. And I think that because of whiteness and because Jews have aligned themselves unyieldingly with, with whiteness in this country, that it is not, um, if it is anti-Semitism at all, it's in part because of a legacy of, of a kind of, of gross anti-Semitism that lives in a kind of evangelical Christianity that is also at the core of the country. But I don't think it's that complicated. I think that, you know, it's like these are white people who have also had a hand in oppressing us, and so we will call them out, which also seems fair. Yeah, yeah no, I, exactly, yeah. Because I think that what this seems to be about is just like, oh, that N-word said that he's one of us or we're not, he's trying to like rob our identity. And, you know, and I, and to me, this was a totally like a racial thing more than a faith thing though. You know, again, I'm not triggered in those ways by those things. So, you know, I'm trying to really ask people like, what was the triggering thing? But well, that's you, what that you, you seemed know, to be about. Uh, yeah. But some, then some I'm remind, it, Oh, I'm sorry. Well, no, just, so, you know, Nick Cannon was also ki kicking like that Yakub theory, yeah, though, yeah. Was, you know. It was, yeah. it was very prison yard. It was very rec room. It was very barbershop, <laughs> yeah. which is fine. But that's the, it was a podcast. I mean, that's what was kind of trippy to me about it is that this is not on, you know, America's Got Talent. This is not on. Um, but it's Nick Cannon. It's, you're right. It's not. But because Nick Cannon's profile and to your point that he is kind of Mr. America. But here's what he, makes me tight. Here's here's what why I'm tight about this a little bit is like I I you know I watch some I don't really watch Wildin' Out, but I like get lost in the YouTube and I'm obsessed with battle rapping and and I think Wilding Out is a very brilliant. I mean it's it's you know it's it's dumb and it's pop and it's trash, but it's the best kind because it's it's to me it is the living modern embodiment of what vaudeville was. That's what Wilding and that's why it's been on for like. 13 million seasons is because it's everything. It's like jokes and it's hip hop and it's colorful and it's crazy. But, you know, there's a lot of like weaves and girl, you got a big old ass and like a lot of like that kind of humor. And that's fine. There's a lot of like stereotyping of sort of urban America um, and, and a lot of racial stereotyping, a lot of like Asian jokes and white jokes and all of that. And so, you know, that's part of his brand, too. And so, like, that kind of free speech edginess, you know, it's just that fine line of, like, hate speech where it's like, oh, now it's hate speech. Like, we're a protected class. We're a protected group. And I even think about it in hip-hop music, too, where, like, 
there there would be an album with just like entire neighborhoods of people getting murdered and people getting stomped out and you know what I'm saying like manatees getting pulled out the ocean and, and uh, strangled and uh, but then there would be lines completely missing and I would find out that those lines would be like very specific to like to like Jewish you know what I mean like Jewish culture Jewish names there's a line on um Tupac song I got my mind made up. And there's some line that's just completely blanked out. Why you fake jacks? I make maneuvers like Hitler. Sticking up with German. The Mr. Methacal from Staten. And that's like Red Man, Method Man, or you know what I mean? Tupac. And they're just going in some site. And there's one line that's out. And it's because he says something about like Hitler or something like that. Mm. And so that is that is the hypocrisy, though, that I do find. That it's like that relationship where it's like. You know what I mean? It's like, because also like the Redstones who, who own Viacom, that family is tied up in Viacom. You know, they they own some of BET. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's complicated, man. You know, I, I, th I think part of what it is, you know, is that like there is a there's a trope that exists that is easy to trot out that has been used against Jews historically about control and domination of media and banks and you know, the world's riches and resources. And there's all, there are all of these conspiracy theories, you know? Right. And I think that they've been used to, you know, continually, you know, push Jews into shtetls, ghettos, and to murder them ultimately. And so I think mm. any time that those tropes appear in public, people are understandably sensitive. But to your point, you know, they aren't as sensitive when other groups tropes are trotted out into public, nor are we as sensitive as Jews to that, nor are we as sensitive as a, as a public to the actual dehumanization of groups of people um, yeah. or or the other genocides of other people too. And so, and again, I think that that is because, you know, Jews retain the luxury of whiteness in this country and mm. something that we, you know, I think understandably don't want to relinquish because we've been running for the last, you know, couple thousand years and yet it's really ultimately at our own peril because i think as a mm. people you know we are also dying through assimilation into mm. you know because we have lost a sense of who we are and and i mm. think i think in in these kinds of moments ironically we do need a better sense of humor you know what i mean <laughs> um you know i think uh so listen uh speaking of sense of humor you know shtick is available wherever books are sold <laughs> you know kevin you know, and it's funny because I've known you a long time. We've done a lot of, uh, we shared a lot of stages. And so, you know, a great deal of my understanding about this stuff, because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm like most black folk. Like, I'm like white people. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> it's right. The Jewish white people. Uh, Jesus was Jewish. Uh, so, you know, I've learned more about the complexities of it. And uh, and so and I think that's very much what what happened with Nick and and even with with you know some other cats like I think there is this there's still some learning about what the triggers are, yes, right, yeah, because like, there are just some triggering things that I think folk don't realize that that yeah that, I mean that's it, there. It, in another space it might even be called a kind of you know microaggression do you know what I mean mm -hmm. like if there if there mm -hmm. was that language in like if part of what microaggressions infer is that. I think because whiteness is the dominant mode of engagement in American public space, that there the interactions between white folks and black folks, there are these microaggressions that white folks might not knowingly be aware of. And I think similarly, if Christianity is the dominant public 
cultural space that for Jews, there are microaggressions as well. Now, some of those have a horrid history as microaggressions have a horrid history and they speak to a lineage and maintenance of, uh, you know, chronic dehumanization and brutality and all these other things. And I, I think you're right to that point, like the triggers aren't known, but we, you know, we'll be quick to tell you that. And I think Jews in America have a place of power and privilege uh, that they don't in rest of the world. And so it's part of the reason why I think like almost the policing of language of those tropes are a little more rigid when it comes to the Jewish community than they are to your point, other communities, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I find really interesting and ironic in a, in a good way, in a very actually natural human way, which is that like, what are the things that are sacred, right? So, you know, the great Lenny Bruce was very much, you know, one of the pioneers of modern comedy and his whole thing was against these sort of pushing against things that, that are sacred, but there was a sacredness. There were certain things he also found sacred. And so um, I have a two part question for you. Uh, first question is, and this is like a stupid question, but uh, top five Jewish rappers. Wow. Not including um, Adam Levin. Not including Adam Levin. Or Adam Ansbach. Um, or you know, Adam Ansbach, obviously. Yeah. Um, I, you know, that's a good question. I mean, you probably have to say two of the Beastie Boys. Um, you know, Which two? Uh, well, Adam, well, because I think MCA is not Jewish, so it's Adam Horowitz and Michael Diamond. <laughs> Then R.A. the Rugged Man. Do you know that Man. for a fact? Did you? Like, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Um, just tell. I could, <laughs> eh, you know, listen. Um, R.A. the Rugged Man. The track bouncy. Nobody get more rowdy than Suffolk County. Piece to crack your Crowley, Honky Thomas. I don't think R.A. the Rugged Man. I don't think R.A. the Rugged Man is. Jewish. Oh no, no, definitely. I think he's definitely Jewish. Invincible, Invincible. Oh, I should yeah, say. Invincible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buildings and flames. Am I still in my dream? Rub my eyes. See the reflection off the windows. Just a lovely sunrise. They're Jewish. Um, search. Black cat is bad luck. Bad guys with black. Must have been a white guy. There aren't a lot. I mean, let's just say this. There are not a lot of... Yeah, there, but there's some. Um, what, what's, what's the second one? Do, 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 do you have a top five? Uh, top five Jewish rappers? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, I don't classify people in that way. Kevin Cole, I mean, we're all God's children. You know, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> no, you're in the hot seat. You are our Jewish correspondent. You're our official Jewish correspondent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, no, and, but, yo, yeah, indeed, indeed uh, Invincible, the rapper from Detroit. In the yeah, Invincible yes, is, yes, yes, is yes. the illest. No, Invincible, yes, yes. obviously, I give searches props for sure. Yeah. Uh, it, MCA is my favorite Beastie Boy, so I'm a, I'm going to... Get confirmation on. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please come back. Who his mom's was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who his mom's was. And then. uh, What deli deli he went to. Yeah, what deli. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, MC Paul Barman. I make death tunes. Take from MF Doom and Jeff Coons. No one left for the restrooms when I got on stage. Oh, uh, (laughs) yeah. Because his name was MC Paul Barman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is. Did I say Invincible? Yeah, Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. And uh, just, you know, Sammy Davis Jr. when he was rapping. Okay. Yo, bars um, indeed. Bars yeah, indeed. Yeah, bars indeed. Yeah. Um, and then second question, final question. And we have, we have just Yeah, we got to move. We got to move. I know. But I got to ask move. you this question. This was the Ooh. fake rhetorical question of the episode. Kevin, is hip-hop anti-Semitic? <laughs> no. Um, because of Blood of Abraham. Blood of Abraham. Uh, I Blood of Abraham. Abraham. We missed that. I know. Damn. I know. <laughs> 
Yeah, man. No, no, no. Of course not. I mean, look. I, I mean, honestly, like, I mean, I, I've said this in poems, but hip hop brought me back to Judaism. So, how, mm. how, I mean, you know, hip hop provides a path towards uh, self understanding and self education. So, how how can it be? And in fact, there's a KRS is quoted by saying that that the Torah, the Old Testament, is hip hop, and and part of the practice of Judaism is about making sure that the past stays relevant in this moment by the remix and all of the Talmud, all of that's carrying with us of those oralities, that, that history is very much in a hip-hop cultural practice it, because it's a diasporic practice. And one thing that blacks and Jews certainly do share is the practice of diaspora. It's part of the reason why oh, yeah. I call myself a diasporist. And so I think part of what Jews need to do is do a critical self-examination of our whiteness in order to deconstruct that, in order to build again solidarities between black and Jewish communities that we had in part going up into the civil rights movement. Um, there was there was good solidarity between black folks and Jews. And as Jews assimilated yeah. further into the middle and upper class of this country, those civil rights relationships were fractured because Jews made economic decisions to save their income and they and white flight and, and you know, created uh, that fissure and Jews abandoned black folks and abandoned their stake in the civil rights movement. And I think that's part of the reason why black folks are mad. And I think they have every right to be. That was very well said. And actually, and I've just, you've just brought me to two things. One is I think that here's what we're going to do. Listening world. We're going to do the new music roundup over on the same old new school page. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just, just head over. Cause we only have eight minutes left and I don't want to rush it. Cause there's more to say on this. I, there's more we, to say on this. Okay, we're kind of right. crushing. We're kind of bodying it right now. Okay. And, uh, I guess or it's you a big are, topic. you are. It's a big topic. And, uh, yeah, it's a big topic. It's necessary though. Cause you're, you're making me think of something. So here's what we're going to do folks right at top of the next hour. Join Kevin Koval and I over on at same old new school uh, on Instagram. We're going to talk about the new music roundup. Very great albums to discuss. Uh, so good we're gonna, these records. So good. We're going to round up. We're going to round. We're going to round this topic out because it's very important. Uh, and maybe we'll get to one. Maybe we'll get to one. Okay, but real quick, because I was thinking about this too. Because I was thinking about the fact that the Viacom people, the Redstone uh, lady and their partial owner of BET, and what they might think about Nick Cannon. Like, I think that they think that they're in this sort of tradition of, like, doing right by Black folks, right? And I think that there is a chasm between, you know, I think that folks are just kind of riding dirty on the past and just being like, yeah, we've always, we've always had each other's back. And it's like, yeah, but we don't really live near each other no more. Like, there, there used to be much more of a proximity, you know what I mean? A physical proximity between the Black and, and Jewish communities. And I I don't think that that's really there like that anymore. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think that there is, like, this, just this, this inherited legacy of, or this assumption that, like, yeah, you know, I'm down. I'm down. My, my grandfather marched with King, yo. Like, you know. I give I give to the United Negro College Fund versus like yo we we really on the ground together actually really like when it counts you know putting putting I mean, work in the, agreed there you know and again I would refer us back to the Baldwin essay that people should mm. read because it's beautiful because it's Baldwin but you know Jews will mm. retort well you know our people were slaves too do you know what I mean um, mm. you know we've suffered too what about the Holocaust and I think we want to like 
rely, lean back, lean in to that historic pain as opposed to account for the pain that we've afflicted in this country. You know, I think part of what has happened is that as Jews gained wealth and economic resources in America, we not only assimilated into whiteness, but we also took on a kind of uh, gross white paternalism. And that has been reflected in the way that we also give money. And so what what is behind that giving of money? It is an understanding that uh, we will give you this money if you, you know, essentially if you live by these standards that we will lay out, you know? And I think that's part of what, what happened with the canon is that he then got a little outside of the, uh, you know, approved ways, mores of being. And so um, that, that money then was, was pulled away. Let me ask you one more question. Uh, uh, <laughs> this is gonna sound, I'm gonna get in trouble. I'm gonna get more trouble for this question than for the other question. Is uh is Jerry Heller my cousin? If you He's were not, na- no. <laughs> if, if you wait what what'd you say? Is is Jerry Heller my cousin? No, come on, <laughs> come on. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, well, two things, two things. One is I, I'm reminded of more recently J Electronica, right? And and on the on the album uh, or the recent album with with uh, Jay Z or the the Jay Z album featuring J Electronica. Where you know he got in, in, he got in, there was some tension between him and the radio personality Peter Rosenberg about this like synagogues of Satan line. With the scholars and I bet with Rothschild I get a bang for my dollar. The synagogue of Satan want me to hang by my collar, but all praise due to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. And this kind of like Rothschild kind of you know conspiracy theory kind of like uh, language, right? And it was interesting that, like, you know, Rosenberg was very much like he was like, as a hip hop fan, I've been I've gotten used to this or sort of numb to some of this language. But he was like he was like, but I still can't deny like this just rubs me. uh, You know, Um, what's your take on that? Did you have a similar feeling about that or did you feel differently about that? Or did you just think like this album's boring like most of us? Yeah, I thought the album was, cor- I thought, yeah, we've talked about it. It was a Jay-Z record um, and not a great Jay-Z record. But um, I, I, that happens sometimes. Um, and I think that, you know, it was what, what we said there, you know, that there are these tropes that emerge that exist for a reason. It, the, the, these tropes exist honestly to create fissures between groups that should have solidarity between one another, with one another. These tropes um, exist because of, fascism because of you know a kind of logical end to a kind a particular kind of evangelical christianity which leads to fascism which believes in a uh, pure race and you know from what comes is is that jews are considered to be mud people by uh, the Aryan nation, and we do certain. We've been given certain jobs because that those jobs have been considered to be devil's work, um, mm. and you know, which means that we are bankers. Which means we, you know, do all of these things where we can make a living, kind of on the road, because we've had to flee homelands for you know uh, since the fall of the Second Temple or whatever, um, and. I think we have an opportunity to build a conversation. And I think part of what we don't do is we use it to do that. I, I think part of what happens when yeah. rappers, you know, like it you know, the other day, like a few weeks ago, when Cube, Ice Cube put, um, you know, some sort of, 
you know, anti-Semitic thing on his Twitter page or whatever. Like, there's just an opportunity to have a conversation, right? And I think too often we will shut down that conversation because we're so scared. We're so scared continuously that there will be a, you know, giant force that seeks our extermination because we know that force is real. But I would argue that that force is the same force that also wants to exterminate black folks that also wants to exterminate oh. brown folks that right oh, yeah, i mean sure, and so sure. so you know therefore i that's why i say like it really is a tool it's an instrument of division and i think we yeah. should use it as an opportunity to build a bridge you know but you know who's not scared to have the conversation kevin Koval, is the sons baby <laughs> uh, uh this has been the uh same old new school podcast uh with idris goodwin and kevin Koval. And uh, we are here every week, every Monday. Do not keep rocking with us. Head on over to the At Same Old New School podcast location on Instagram. We are going to have our new music roundup. Uh, shout it's out. It's the after at, party. It's the after it's party. After, so it's just part <laughs> yeah. two. It's just part yeah. two. And so, and, and you know, my bad at Vocalo, but the conversation was rich and I didn't want us to rush the music roundup because, you know, as Kevin said, we got to have the conversation because, uh, you know, we're trying to save the soul of America. Wow. Uh, I think we're failing. But listen, join us over on the uh, Sun's Same Old New School podcast IG live page. We're about to go live. Peace. Peace.